I don't think that it's important. It's it's absolutely critical um, to figure out the full monetization strategy or how does this become a business uh, from the very first day. But I do think that it's important to have a line of sight to it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SaaS Talk, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Okay, uh, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, CEO, founder of SaaS Talk. Uh, today, I'm delighted uh, to be joined uh, by uh, Meron Kolbechi. Uh, uh, um, I was uh, worried about saying that, but uh, um, uh, Meron, uh, welcome to the SaaS Revolution show. Uh, where, are you calling in from, uh, where are you calling in from today? Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm calling in from Tel Aviv right now. you from Tel Aviv, from Israel? Yes. So originally uh, born and raised in Israel, uh, spent a very long time um, in, in Europe, in Berlin for a few years, and then for 10 years in the, in the Bay Area. Uh, recently came back uh, uh, home uh, after uh, a, a long uh, round the world uh, about six months ago. So and now based here in our uh, little office uh, for uh, checkout. Yeah. So yes, and you're now chief product officer for Checkout.com. I think you've been there just a little bit under two years. Is, is that right? Yeah, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and we'll probably get to that. But was uh, was Checkout.com like? number one in the Forbes Cloud 100, like last year or, or sort of recently, it's like pretty much up there, right? Yeah, I mean, the, these accolades, we, we, we get them uh, once in a while. Um, Checkout is essentially um, a, uh, a solution provider for uh, financial services, for payments, uh, for uh, enterprises. So we um, provide uh, payment acquiring um, and other services around uh, the, the payment services to uh, enterprises and more recently to integrated platforms, marketplaces and other types of um, uh, people who need um, uh, payment services. So, yeah, we can get into the product suite over time. I guess, first of all, before we get into all, all of that, and you did mention, obviously, we, we, we know that you're CPO of Checkout.com. We know that you've traveled around a, a little bit and, you know, come back home. But uh, who, who are you, uh, you know, as a person? Who is uh, Meron Kobechi as a person? Mm, well, uh, sometimes I ask myself the same question. Um, so I... I have uh, a family, a wife and three kids, and more recently a dog uh, that has joined our family. Um, I uh, obviously have been in product management uh, as a professional for the last uh, 15 to 20 years, uh, something that I'm very passionate and, and, and care a lot about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm into obviously the uh, reading. Um, I, uh, I like uh, photography. Uh, in the last few years, um, and especially since COVID, I've started running uh, uh, more and more. Uh, I have recently finished uh, my second marathon, um, and uh, towards the end of the year, I hope to run uh, New York uh, as well. Uh, any have you you ever thought about like I want to go into ultra marathons or uh, anything like that? Was that just too crazy? Marathon people are crazy. Ultra marathon uh, are like super crazy. I've had. Um, a few friends that um, have done some insane races in the desert over multiple days, and this is the type of stamina and, and, and uh, capabilities that I simply don't have, uh, nor the time, quite frankly, to uh, to train for. I mean, but um, okay. So, and, and like we said, like you, you've just been under two years as, as the chief product officer of Checkout uh, dot com. Um, is it Checkout or Checkout dot com? What do you say? 
The official name is checkout.com. Internally, we refer to it as checkout, yes. If you can share just like the, the, the founding story uh, of checkout, and, and then why don't you share like why you actually joined the, uh, the company? Yeah, so um, uh, Guillaume Pizat, who's our, our founder and, and CEO, um, it started the business um, about a little over 10 years ago, um, initially uh, creating a, a gateway uh, for uh, to accept payments um, um, with a, a small team in, in Mauritius, uh, actually. Uh, over time, uh, the team um, sort of uh, rebased itself into the UK, got a, a, a license uh, over there and started really rolling out to um, a lot of UK companies and European countries, um, um, expanded into, into the Middle East, uh, into APAC, and more recently we've expanded into uh, the US as well. So really a story of, of one, of global expansion. Uh, two, uh, I think, um, is our evolution as a, as a, as a product uh, company. Um, our original product is really um, uh, card acquiring. That's the, that's the core uh, capability that we have. So when you want to pay online um, at an um, e-commerce uh, website, uh, a, a lot of times checkout, uh, checkout.com is the underlying infrastructure that facilitates uh, accepting those, uh, those payments. But um, as we've evolved and worked with our customers, we've, we've discovered that there are a lot of other capabilities that, that the companies do. So you're accepting payments. Now, um, sometimes you have needs in order to pay out your vendors or to pay out your employees. Um, so we've developed uh, payouts as another capability. We've expanded our product suite from just accepting cards to accepting other forms of alternative payment methods like PayPal and Klarna. Um, Expanded into value added, additional value added services. So we provide fraud uh, detection capabilities uh, and authentication capabilities on top of uh, uh, acquiring. Um, and more recently, we've launched uh, issuing um, as a, as another sort of form to complement our our product suite. So as a e-commerce website or as a fintech, you want to. Uh, not only accept payments, but also to issue cards to your user in order to give them faster access to funds. So we're enabling you to issue like tailored cards, either physical or digital, uh, that allow you to do uh, a lot of different things from paying your vendors to um, uh, being able to connect uh, a card to your wallet um, and so on and so forth. So um, really a story of expanding our capabilities, expanding the networks that we support and expanding the different products that we're able to uh, uh, serve to our customers. Primarily, we focus on uh, fintech and e-commerce as our two sort of primary verticals. Um, historically, we've also served the, the crypto industry, although that industry is currently undergoing a bit of, a, a bit of turmoil, um, so less of a focus at this point. Um, but um, definitely uh, expanding into uh, new verticals uh, as well. Tell us a little bit about like why why you joined the company and you you know were you uh, sitting in Tel Aviv one day and Guillaume is it you know uh, picks up the phone or, or you know messaged you on LinkedIn and you know convinced you to join like what will t tell us a little bit about that and why you joined? Yeah, so. Um, uh, before before checkout, I was uh, I was working at Facebook. Um, so um, at the time, it was called Facebook. Now it's Meta. Um, I was working on for a few years. I worked on the the Libra project. Um, I don't know if, if if you're familiar, but essentially, uh, Facebook was thinking about a uh, developing a cryptocurrency uh, that would be a new currency in the world that would uh, enable sort of movement of money freely on Facebook and off Facebook. We created. Um, a conglomerate or an association of uh, a number of large companies that contributed to the um, both to the technology as well as to the to the partnership, 
that project failed um, after many, many years. Um, and I was working on additional things uh, within Facebook, but we were also customers of Checkout. So they were doing uh, payment processing uh, for us uh, for, for that uh, uh, initial pilot that we were that we were rolling out. So I got to know Checkout as a product. I got to know um, uh, a little bit about the team and, and how they worked and how they operated and their service orientation. I was very impressed with that. And so one day, um, um, a mutual colleague of Guillaume and mine, uh, or a mutual acquaintance of both of us, uh, uh, reached out and connected us and said, hey, the two of you should meet. Um, there may be an opportunity here. Um, and then I started talking to Guillaume. Uh, after a few times, uh, a few Zoom conversations, flew over to London and met him in person for uh, a full day of interview, um, which, by the way, is a very, very good way to get to know uh, uh, someone that you'll be uh, um, uh, uh, getting to work with. Uh, we both got to know each other, and from there, we decided that it was a good idea for me to join. Very cool. Yeah, I've I've heard. Uh, I don't know, like at smaller like SaaS companies, whether they do this, but. Certainly some of the bigger companies, and I know an example of somebody that interviewed at uh, Okta for like a GM role where, you know, they flew over and then spent the whole day, you know, with like the founders and uh, in, in doing however many interviews during the day, but then you spend it's pretty much 24 hours and then making a very kind of quick decision. So is this quite like typical practice in, would you say, in bigger companies? Have you seen this in, in smaller I have to say, I don't know that this is a very common practice, although, um, and, and this is something that I learned from, from, from Guillaume, from Guy, um, but, but I think is very, very, very productive because, you know, you, 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 you can show up in a certain way for an interview that's 45 minutes or, or even an hour, and then you switch out, et cetera, et cetera. Throughout the day, um, and, if, and especially if you spend like good quality time and it's different sessions that go over, you know, the product strategy or the, you know, the finances of the company or, um, you know, a deep dive into the team. Um, and then, you know, you maybe you go to dinner and you like talk about other stuff and you get to know each other on a more personal level. You get a very round picture um, of the individual and it's a very good way to, to assess. And I think that especially for uh, leadership positions, uh, for critical uh, hires in the company, I think it's very important that there's also a good uh, alignment from a philosophical perspective, alignment of values. Um, um, there's a good personal connection because at the end of the day, you're going to spend a lot of time um, uh, with these people, right? Like with these critical people, you're going to be in the room. The environment might be there, there might be a, a stressful environment. There might be a decision that we need to make, and you need to make sure that you can really work with those people and that you can build uh, trust and, and rapport uh, with them. So, um, to answer your question, I don't know if it's common, but I think it's a very good practice. Makes sense, and 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 then I guess kind of final thing about uh, the the company, like what data can you share about it? You you know, so like from when it was founded to to now, you know, how many people can you share anything? You know, around re revenue, uh, well, you know, some of the key metrics. So in terms of um, you know, we we focus primarily on enterprise. We have about uh, fifteen hundred uh, uh, enterprise customers that we serve uh, across the world. Um, and, um, you know, essentially, uh, in the last year, we processed hundreds of billions of dollars of, uh, of, of TPP total payment volume, uh, uh for, uh, for our customers. Um, in terms of employees, uh, we have, uh, somewhere between, depending on the day between 1800 and 1900, uh, employees, um, that's where we currently are. And um, I think that, uh, you know, as we, uh, as I mentioned before, primary, like our, our bigger businesses are UK, Europe, um, 
have a very good business in, in, in MENA, in APAC, and really starting uh, our first um, uh, foray into uh, North America. Um, eventually, we might go to LATAM, but currently, that's not uh, somewhere that we, uh, that we serve from that perspective. Um, from, a, from, a, uh, from a fundraising perspective, uh, Series D um, uh, was raised uh, right at the, at the peak of, uh, uh, of, the, of the crazy times uh, and, and before that. Um, and so our last round was um, uh, raised in January of 21. Uh, and uh, sorry, of 22. What, what year are we in? Yes, of 22. Uh, and um, uh, raise a billion dollars uh, uh, at that point in time. A billion. And uh, what, uh, what valuation do you, do you know? Um, at the time, it was at uh, 40 billion. Okay. Uh, and I guess we, we don't know what the valuation is now because we haven't done uh, 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 another round. But. Um, um uh very very cool um good stuff well look we, we want to talk um uh, a little bit about you know how to build a market leading product but before we get into that given your career paypal facebook now check out you know can you share just a couple of lessons that you, you know uh, that you personally had so far in your career in product that you you know could be uh, i i guess you, you know sort of interesting to our audience i think that look there, there are a lot of lessons and and, and some of them might might sound uh, a bit cliche when you when you when you're when you're not uh, when when you're not doing it. But but one thing that I've really tried to um, that 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 I've picked up in a, in a couple of different instances is really trying to understand what the customer problem is and what problem we're trying to solve. And um, once you do that, but in a in, not in a superficial way, but in a deep way, um, you're able to really create uh, pro products that have very good uh, traction, product market fit, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's, um, for example, you know, we were working on a product at, at PayPal, uh, which was an idea. Um, we didn't really understand, like, like it was someone's idea. We thought, hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, we want to build it. I won't get into like all of the uh, all of the specific details, but you know, we were doing a lot of customer, uh, we were doing a lot of customer research and you're trying to understand like, hey, what would you use this for? What would we use this for? And we got to the understanding that, you know, this is something that would really help groups collect uh, money uh, when they're going on a school trip or when they're going on a bachelor party or when there is a, a, a gift that you need to, uh, to buy for the kids uh, kindergarten uh, birthday party. Um, and once we unlocked sort of the, the what people were thinking about uh, as they were uh, building out the uh, as, as as they were we were describing the product to them, we we built features uh, that that helped support that particular uh, use case uh, and expanded it, and that helped us gain uh, a lot of traction. It also helped drive a lot of the virality uh, that the product had because essentially, since it was inherently a group uh, product. Um, you know, you could send invites uh, to a lot of different people. You could create um, um, a lot of different uh, viral uh, cycles uh, within it. So really trying to understand what problem does this actually solve for the customer, even if you, you have an idea. This wasn't our initial idea. This wasn't our initial notion. Um, so taking that and building uh, on top of that. Um, the other one I would say is um, like not to be afraid of ditching your ideas. Um, and, and I've seen like too many product teams that, um, have this original thing in their head. Um, and, and I've fallen down with this, uh, as well. You, you know, you have this concept that like, this is what the user should be doing. 
uh, but they're actually using the product, either not using the product or not using the pro or, or not um, using the product in the in the way that it was intended, or for some other reason, um, whether it's from an external perspective, from a from a from a privacy perspective, from a regulatory perspective, the idea just doesn't work. Um, it, not being afraid to say we messed up, this is not working. Uh, let's ditch it and let's try uh, some something else. Uh, that's perhaps something that I, I learned, especially on the uh, with our experiment on, at Facebook of like what is the right moment in time to um, to, to to stop and, and and try to do something else. Yeah, I, I mean, I can only imagine uh, well, perhaps both in product, but founders as well having a product that they really kind of believe in, uh, but it's actually not you know it's not working, but they're just kind of carrying on because they they, they have this belief and it's just going to hamper the uh, uh, the business and team and uh, and morale. Right? Absolutely. So, um, and and then what about obviously like say like check out um, you know nineteen hundred people last valuation forty billion you know a product that is used by fifteen hundred enterprises sort of globally um, so then going into some of the lessons from building a market leading product uh, with checkout uh, I mean I guess you could also uh, if you want to you know refer to Facebook and PayPal as well some great you know companies and market leading um, you know products within those companies. So the first question, how do you think about building products? Um, I guess it could be a bit of a broad question, but um, uh, yeah, it's kind of like kicking off with that. You know, how do you think about sort of like building a product? Uh, it's a, it is a very broad question. Um, I, I think, you know, the, as, as I said, as I mentioned before, like starting with like customer problem um, and what, um, uh, what can you imagine this doing for uh, for, for a customer? Um, I think creating a an experience that customers will will find uh, delightful in whatever uh, way uh, way shape or form. I don't think that it's important. It's it's absolutely critical um, to figure out the full monetization strategy or how does this become a business uh, from the fir very first day. But I do think that it's important to have a line of sight to it, uh, meaning um, somewhere early in the discovery, having a notion of how does this become a business. Uh, I don't think that you have to like fully figure it out and fully sort of flesh out all of the details. But if you don't have a good notion of how does this become a business, then I think that you're, um, it kind of, um, it, it, it will never come, uh, if you will. So spending some time of it earlier on uh, about, uh, about the business aspects. And then I think that it's it's about you know especially as you scale. I'm not talking about like a startup with like a, when when the when it's a founder and and maybe like a few engineers, you know when it's a scaled thing where you're building multiple products, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's about like setting up the right teams, um, and giving them um, a clear idea of, of the mission. Um, and what uh, OKR, what 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 uh, metric they're they're trying to move, and trying to give them as much autonomy as possible and as much empowerment as possible to to run, because at the end of the day they're going to be close as close as, as as they need to be to the customer. They're going to need to they're going to be as close as necessary to the details, and are going to be able to 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 run on their on their own. Um, and then, like my job is as 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 a, as a chief product officer is to you know, um, help them think about their ideas is to help them, um, um, to, is to challenge them uh, on their sort of hypotheses and their um, um, 
um, the, the way that they're thinking through the steps and also help them um, unblock um, as, as things come up and, and as organizations get bigger, there are multiple functions and you know you need to, to unblock whether they may need more resources or may, they may not have thought of a resource that they can leverage in order to, to solve a particular problem that they're trying to solve. Thanks for sharing that. And what about like your, your thoughts? I'm assuming you have sp some specific thoughts about you know how you structure product teams. Now, obviously, checkout is you know as you say like 1,900 people. Uh, most of the listeners on this podcast will will have much smaller companies. So, in in terms of <clears throat> how you think about that, which would be I guess translatable to the audience, uh, um, what are your specific thoughts in in structuring product teams? So, f first of all, you know I. I would say um, starting lean, um, and, and, and to a large degree, uh, you know, startups that are just starting, that, that's a, almost a, um, uh, that's almost mandatory or almost a prerequisite, right? Like you, you, you don't have endless resources where you can, you know, put a 50 person team on a particular project or something like that. But I think that generally, even for scale ups, even for companies that do have uh, broader resources or larger teams, um, um, starting a project around with an idea um, and a smaller team that um, uh, that focuses on it usually yields uh, a lot of uh, uh, value in the early iteration process, um, and from there you can, you can scale. Um, and similarly to what has as I talked about the product uh, uh, before, I think giving the team a clear area of responsibility, um, trying to make sure that they um, you know that that their sort of boundaries are, are, are more or less clear. Uh, sometimes you want to give people sort of free, unbounded uh, exploration, but a lot, most of the times you want to give them some sort of sort of guardrails around, like this is the area more or less that you should be focusing on. Um, you don't want to create, I don't personally, I know that some companies believe it. Uh, I don't personally believe in like giving two teams the same remit and having them like compete with each other. I don't think that's a good, healthy strategy for, for a company. I think it creates a toxic culture, et cetera. So making sure that the company doesn't, that the team doesn't have sort of step on other people's toes from that perspective, giving them a sort of a clear domain with maybe some uh, idea of like the domain expertise that they would need to develop in order to do that. Um, and then, as I said, like as much autonomy as possible um, and an ability to sort of check in with leadership on uh, how we're doing, uh, where you can get unblocked, uh, et cetera. So I know this is a little bit general, um, but it's it, but it's essentially what I tried to do when I joined uh, Checkout as I was assessing uh, uh, the company uh, and, and the product team is trying to understand uh, where do we, um, where's their overlap between the team, uh, where are teams sort of running into each other, uh, where do we need sort of vertical domain expertise, where do we have like infrastructure teams and so trying to build essentially the product stack by building your, 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 your product teams. And then the last thing that, that is very, very important to me uh, uh, personally, uh, and I think I've seen uh, um, great product development teams uh, uh, work very well together, is this notion of, uh, of an in a box, right? Um, which, is, which essentially means that you know, product and engineering are tied at the hip. So I work very, very closely with my partner, CTO, um, and we've we've tried to we've replicated the the org structure essentially as a mirror of each other on the product side and the engineering side, but then also having sort of the designer around the table uh, and the data scientists around the table and the um, when necessary a PMO around the table and when necessary a PMM uh, around the table, 
Um, and then all of that group functions as a joint sort of leadership group for the, uh, for the product team and are driving uh, together uh, um, um, the roadmap. And, you know, I, I like to see, say that like when, when teams function very, very well, um, it's sometimes not clear who's doing what exactly. Um, there, there's some degree of overlap. Um, of course, every like function will spike uh, towards a certain its domain expertise, right? Like the marketing team will, will spike towards the marketing, but it doesn't mean that the engineer can't challenge the marketeer around, you know, is this like really the value prop and is this how we should be communicating it first? And also the product manager to challenge the designer around how the experience is, is forming and so on and so forth. So really trying to create a, um, uh, an atom that, uh, uh, that functions uh, together uh, and, and drives the team uh, forward. Why do you think Checkout uh, is a market-leading product, you know, has these 1,500 enterprise customers? Um, I mean, obviously, if, if it repeats some of the stuff you've already said, that, 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 that's fine. But like, what makes Checkout a market-leading product? And in your view, what makes a market-leading product? I, th- I think that it's, we, we're intensely customer-focused. Um, I think that that comes through in, in the product that we build. It also comes through in, our, in, in the service uh, that we give. Uh, and you know that's a lot of credit to our, our commercial team, our customer care team that really try to um, uh, partner uh, and consult uh, uh, the end customer to uh, get to better results. Like we, like one of our fundamental beliefs is that um, you know our business is one where we, when we're successful, uh, our customer is successful, and vice versa. Interests are completely aligned, and so we are. And, and this is not just like a. Uh, a thing that we we say like we we try to make their, our customer more successful and therefore uh, uh, we'll make more money we'll make, generate more revenue etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, two, I think is that and this is particularly important um, in I think in payments in financial services um, specifically the the, the, the the one of the most important decisions that I think Guillaume took early on is is to go very very deep um, and so. To, to leverage as little as possible um, third-party providers that provide a certain capability uh, in the stack um, and really do be vertically uh, integrated uh, for, uh, for payments. That gives us the ability to, A, uh, control the experience. Um, that gives us the ability to um, give, um, to modify and tweak the messages that we send uh, through the, the schemes in order to optimize uh, uh, the acceptance rate for our customer, which is one of the most important metrics that they measure us on, like how many of the transactions are actually going through. Um, so by going very, very deep, we're able to manipulate uh, the messages that go through in a very uh, meaningful way. Uh, we're also able to, to do um, retries and, 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 and create a, a sophisticated logic uh, around that. Um, and that helps us uh, 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 be differentiated uh, in the market. So I think that figuring out where the, um, what the moat could be built around and where to go deep versus where to go fast, uh, I think is, is a very, very critical decision in every, um, well not, I don't know if in every, but in many uh, uh, startups' uh, um, uh, timeline. I guess this year and, and, and so right now, you know, generative AI is like, you, you know, you, you hear about it uh, everywhere, right? It, it's on the, on the, the top of everybody's uh, uh, tongue uh, and, and more. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on it? Like, how is Checkout, 
you know, thinking about it? Um, I'd be keen to know. I, I was waiting for the AI question. Like, you can't have any conversation in tech today without without talking about AI, right? Um, I mean, look, I I have to say it's like it's pretty fascinating how uh, how much these capabilities have. I don't know if they've only evolved just now, right? Like this is years and years and years of development, but I think the 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 explosion that it's had over the last three to six months into the market and all the use cases is is just is just fascinating and phenomenal. Um, I I think that generally speaking, time will tell what uh, where. Generative AI and LLMs will 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 play uh, over time. Um, I think that there are definitely areas that I can or, that I and we can already see that it will definitely play a big role. Right, like one is uh, around um, customer support. Uh, I think that and and this is like general. It's not just for payments, etc. I think that you know. Whereas uh, historically, these like chatbots used to be like pretty lame and you know could could answer with scripts. I, I think that the fact that there is a understanding um, and, and an understanding of the language uh, of what the other side is uh, or the customer is saying, and and being able to generate from a knowledge base an answer that is rational, that is clo- that and there's recall that is close to what a human could be doing. I think that that will revolutionize uh, customer support. Um, and and I think that we see use cases for it uh, in that space, um, and I think that many others are as well. I think that the product, like like development engineers, uh, will have a. Um, and I don't know that it will replace uh, uh, coding, um, but I think that it, there will definitely be a very helpful assistant that uh, engineers will have when they're developing, and maybe like uh, automate away. Uh, a lot of the um, you know menial tasks that uh, that engineers sometimes have to do, or or maybe they could like an engineer could just tell the AI like, hey, create a testing plan and test this, um, and and the AI will will know how to do it. I think we're starting to see uh, these types of capabilities. Um, I definitely see like how it's going to help like create like workflow efficiencies for 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 everyone, uh, right? Like whether it's um, just Recalling information um, is 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 going to be done differently. Like if you think about today, how you you, you try to recall like what the, what you decided uh, in a certain or what someone decided in a certain meeting. You you know you're trying to you're searching for an email or or or, or, a, or a wiki or something, and you have like keywords. You're like you're trying to remember the date or who said what and like what was a keyword in the decision, rather than asking the natural question, which is. What did we decide about this and this and that? So if you train, you feed the model with all of the data, the internal data uh, of the company, or all of like your emails, um, 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 et cetera, I think that the AI will be able to generate those answers and you'll be able to be much more efficient from that perspective. You know, you'll be able to write emails um, or write do- uh, memos in a more efficient way. Um, so these are some of like, the, the obvious use cases that I think are maybe applicable to everyone. I think that for, for payments and financial services, um, there's definitely very interesting use cases with risk management and fraud management um, to identify patterns, um, and uh, and definitely as far as um, um, you know, providing advice uh, to people, like providing sort of financial advice to people based on a, a world knowledge base. I think that there's definitely stuff that can be done uh, there as well. These are just some 
top of mind thoughts. Very cool. No, I appreciate you sharing those. So we'll, let's move into the quick, uh, quick-ish fire round uh, now. So, uh, what one, what one thing has moved the needle the most for you in your career? Seeing an opportunity, having it feel more or less right, and jumping on it. Um, and let me just—I know this is a quick round, but I'll just say, like, I didn't have a sort of. Uh, I don't. I didn't have a career roadmap. I know some people really like to do that, and I talked to to, to folks earlier on in their careers. Like in three years, I want to do this. In five years, I want to do that. In order to do that, I need to do 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 do. do. It's good to like to know like what your next step is, or like maybe two steps ahead. But for me personally, it's been you know uh, focus on your work, do something awesome. Something comes up, jumping on it, moving to the next thing, moving to the next thing, and it's worked well. I think that you know uh, I. I a lot of times to, to, to folks uh, on my team, the advice that I give is, is, you know, do great work and good things will come, uh, good things will come your way. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever received? Um, I've received a lot of good advice, um, but from a, from a leadership perspective, I would say uh, being open and transparent with people um, um, when things, especially when things aren't good. Uh, I think that more especially these days when information is out there like people have like a very very strong uh bullshit uh, uh radar um and they they know when you're faking and so and, and so a it's the more human thing to do and b it, 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 it what is the biggest mistake uh product teams make uh and how would you avoid it i think i mentioned this before but i think that like falling in love with the idea um that they had um and not being like really to be willing to be like intellectually honest and, uh, and, and, and pivoting and changing uh, and taking way, way too long. So staying with the idea, like th- th- there's such a, it's really sort of such a hard balance between sort of persistence because like there are some things that you really need to persist on and to continue, but then, you know, you, you have to have a sense of like, Hey, we've tried everything and it's not working. Like, should I run the hundreds experiment to try to improve this thing and optimize it by another sort of few basis points? Um, or should I just quit and, and try something uh, completely different? And, and finding that balance and missing it is like one of the biggest mistakes that uh, I think I've seen uh, uh, product teams do. What's your favorite book on product? Okay, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't like really read uh, proper uh, product and business books. I, I find that um, I learn uh, much more through experience. I will say um, it's not a prop, it's not a official uh, product book, but I've, I've recently read uh, the Hail Mary Project by Andy Weir, um, the guy who wrote the The Martian uh, that was made into a movie, um, and and they, and they talk about they build a spaceship uh, and it goes to like another um, star system, and just the way that they thought about the product and that the the, the Gardening of the resources, essentially all humankind um, sort of uh, unites behind this thing was, was, was a fascinating sort of way to think about big projects and moving quickly uh, with the big projects. So it's more of an inspirational and also pretty interesting, but not like a proper uh, product book. Um, outside of checkout, um, what is your favorite SaaS product uh, and why? Um, I'm glad you, you, you gave me the out on, on checkout because I would have had to say that, obviously. Uh, I think... I find uh, uh, Figma uh, to be a, a, a fascinating product. Um, I think obviously it's it's been it's 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 given designers like very 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 strong tools. But more recently, we've started using um, their collaboration uh, uh, tool, the Figjam, um, which um, I've found to be a like 
really neat to use and the user interface and and also um you know while we're still a lot of us are remote or if we have international teams like really bring the collaboration of the team together um and give uh, diverse opinions equal voice uh, uh, around the table so i found that to be uh, uh very very fascinating um i i have uh, another one which which might be uh, a bit unpopular um but um um and, and maybe folks haven't uh, given it a chance, but my former employer, Facebook, like has an in, like an internal Facebook for for Teams. Uh, it's called Workplace, and I found this tool to be extremely, extremely useful for collaboration. Uh, and you know, when you think about everything as like a post um, on a on a social media website, you uh, uh, it really changes the way that you share information across the organization in terms of how people collaborate. Um, how they uh, would um, how they uh, consume uh, information, uh, and so I found it to be uh, extremely uh, good and useful as well. Well, look, uh, we've come to the end of the podcast. Really appreciate you coming on the SaaS Revolution show uh, today and sharing with the, the SaaS dot community. Where can people find you online if they want to reach out, ask any questions? Uh, LinkedIn, I think, is a really good one, and then uh, and then we can move to WhatsApp if if if, if we want to. But that's uh, that's the usual place to find me. Well, uh, Meron Kobachi, uh, CPO of uh, Checkout, uh, thank you so much for being on the SaaS Revolution Show today. Thank you very much, Alex. With pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS conferences around the world. Want exclusive SaaS content and actionable insights to grow your SaaS? Join our community of over 36,000 SaaS founders at sasdoc.com.